from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up. He shouldn't lecture anyone about anything about the process of democracy. Josh Hawley should resign. That's what he should do that would help the country most. That was MSNBC's Joy Reid, a member of the Cancel Culture Choir, calling for Senator Josh Hawley to resign for challenging election results from states that didn't even follow their own laws. Is a new governing oligarchy emerging from the left that threatens the freedom of speech and with it the future of our country? Missouri Senator Josh Hawley is here with the answer as we discuss a way forward. And I'm rescinded the previous administration's harmful ban on diversity and sensitivity training and abolished the offensive counterfactual 1776 commission. Unity and healing must begin with understanding and truth, not ignorance and lies. That was President Joe Biden yesterday criticizing the 1776 commission as he issued yet another executive order. Dr. Ben Carson, a member of the 1776 Commission and former secretary of the Department of Health and Urban Development, joins me later here on Washington Watch. Speaking of executive orders, a federal judge in Texas has issued a temporary restraining order that blocks Joe Biden's executive order halting the deportation of illegal immigrants. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who filed the complaint in the Southern District of Texas, joins us with the details. And will the Biden administration aggressively enforce laws to defend churches that are attacked by pro-abortion activists? We're waiting to see. Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League, joins us with details of pro-abortion activists storming a church service last week in Ohio. That and more coming up on this edition of Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com. I encourage you to go check out that uh, website. And stay in touch with us. How do you do that? Well, here's how. Text the word STAND to 67742, 67742. Don't trust the uh, the, the big tech media giants. Uh, we'll communicate with you directly. 67742, text the word STAND so you can stay connected with us. In fact, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, our weekly edition of Pray, Vote, Stand can be found at prayvotestand.org. President Biden calls for healing and unity, but the party he leads is intent on punishing and silencing those who refuse to acquiesce to their views and their power. That has never, ever been the recipe for unity. Maybe repression, but not unity. Big tech and corporate America have formed a new ruling oligarchy with the political left. You know that I am not given to hyperbole. This supercharged cancel culture is an existential threat to freedom and to our republic as they demand elected leaders resign, resign for representing the people who elected them. They demand docile politicians and submissive, a submissive populace that can be easily controlled and used. I say not on my watch, and I feel quite confident my de next guest would respond the same way. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. So uh, you heard the clip, uh, Joy Reid, MSNBC, calling for you to resign. Why is the left targeting Josh Hawley? <laughs> because I won't bow down to their mob. 
you know, she's actually, Tony, I have to say, uh, she sounds moderate compared to much of what's coming from the left. They've called for Ted Cruz and me and other members of Congress to be expelled. Uh, they've attempted to file ethics proceedings against us, abusing the ethics process. Of course, they're in the midst of a sham impeachment trial against a private citizen, the former president. It is an unbelievable attempt to silence all opposition, to silence anyone who would disagree with them. And it is a threat, Tony, to our democracy. I mean, you are exactly right in your comments. This is a threat to open democratic debate. They don't want unity. They, they want control. They want total control, and that's what they're trying to get. And I'm not going to go along with it. Yeah, I mean, it, just in playing that clip uh, regarding, in fact, I want to play that clip again of Biden yesterday because I want you, I want you to respond to this where he calls for unity. So, uh, Bobby, play the clip of uh, Joe Biden yesterday and his executive order. I'm rescinding the previous administration's harmful ban on diversity and sensitivity training and abolish the offensive counterfactual 1776 commission. Unity and healing must begin with understanding and truth not ignorance and lies. I would agree with the latter part of his statement, but I certainly can't find that in what he has to offer. Well, and, and this, the unity and healing that he is talking about, you have these Democrats in Congress and the, the media left-wing mob, it, it is total control of political discourse. What they want is everyone who disagrees with them to shut up, be silenced, be expelled, go away. That includes, Tony, about 75 million American voters, that's half the country, approximately, right. who they want to say that basically it's, it's illegitimate, that their votes are illegitimate, that they should repent of ever supporting anybody but the Democrats. Uh, this is crazy stuff. And I, for one, am, am not going to be cowed by the mob. I am not going to be told what to think or do or say by the mob. And I'm going to continue to represent the people of my state without fear or favor to anybody. Uh, Senator, the reality is, in my view, I think they were waiting for the moment to launch this effort, and I think January the 6th gave them a cover of legitimacy to go after and to attack every conservative voice in this country. Now, I think you've long been on their list. They just haven't had the opportunity to come after you, because when you were Attorney General of Missouri, you were looking into what big tech was doing. You, you were on this before most were, understanding where this was leading. Well, I've, I've, I've gone after the big tech corporations. I've gone after the big multinationals who are now in hock with the left, uh, the folks who sent our jobs away at the same time that they have tried to suppress speech, that they've tried to, uh, to foist a, a woke social agenda on the country. And just to go back to something you said a moment ago, Tony, which I think is so important, what we're seeing here is an unprecedented alliance between these big monopoly corporations and the left wing. We're seeing an unprecedented alliance that seeks to entrench the power of these modern-day oligarchs, of these modern-day robber barons, and at the same time to silence the views of ordinary Americans and dissenting political voices. Uh, I don't know that we've ever seen quite this much concentrated power in American history, concentrated in so few hands, in the corporate chieftains and in the left. Right. And uh, it's very, very dangerous. And we're going to have to stand up and uh, graciously but firmly oppose it in the name of democracy, the First Amendment, and the Constitution. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, Senator, I'm convinced th that this is not going to go away. It's not going to go away on its own. We can't just, oh, okay, well, we'll be nice and we'll, uh, we'll play by your rules. Their rules are such that they want to squash 
any resistance. They they want complete and total control. If we want to keep our freedoms, I, I see the only way to keep them is to use them and use them with great effect uh, in these days in which we're living. That's exactly right. You know, if, if the Democrats and the left were serious about unity, they would call us to unify around one of the principal bedrock freedoms that all Americans believe in, the First Amendment, the right to freedom of speech, the right to freedom of worship, the right to free and open debate. But they're doing just the opposite, just the opposite. And it is a dangerous, dangerous time in this country. And those of us who believe in the Constitution, those of us who believe in free speech, from whatever political persuasion, Tony, whether you think you're, whether you say I'm a conservative as I am, or you say, no, I'm more of a liberal, it doesn't matter. If you believe in the First Amendment, free speech, and democracy, this is the time to stand up and say, wait a minute, we've got to preserve those values. We've got to stand up for the right to be heard. Uh, we, we have got to not bow down to the mob. Yes. Um, you know, I've watched this progression uh, now. You know, I've, I've been here almost 20 years. So I've watched this progression since the election of Barack Obama, where we, we used to debate these issues. And we can have a good debate. I remember, you know, kind of classic liberals of uh, – you know, Chris Matthews um, on hardball. We would debate the issues, and you could debate the issues. But then after the election of Barack Obama, they didn't want to debate the issues and because they didn't have the foundation to stand on. And that's what we see here. They want no one to challenge the direction they're taking this nation because it is unsupportable. You cannot support logically, rationally, with the evidence what they are doing. So what do they do? They silence the opposition. The question is, Senator, where do we go from here? Well, I think what we've got to do is we've got to insist on the right of Americans of all political persuasions to be heard, the right to participate in open democratic debate. We've got to resist this idea that if you hold a different opinion or if you represent a part of the country that doesn't agree with the, the latest agenda, radical agenda of the ruling class, that you can be silenced. And I think, Tony, we've got to go back to our the basic things that unite all Americans the First Amendment, the principle right. of democracy, though that's right. where we've got to take our stand. And, and, and have civil debate. I mean, you, you can disagree. And, I, and I, when I was uh, first elected 25 years ago, we, we debated issues. And then we would go have lunch. Uh, and we would sit down and, and, and we would talk. And we, would, we'd have, we had friends on both sides of the aisle. But this has become such that when you repress people, and do not allow them to talk, what happens is you foster not unity, but greater division and anger. And, and this is going to lead to a very, very dangerous outcome for our country. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, this is why it's so important that there be open democratic debate, and it's why the lies of the left wing, and they are lies, you know, lies saying that if you wanted to talk about election integrity, as Ted Cruz and I did, and 140 House members, other senators, if you want to talk about election integrity on the floor of the Senate, that's the same thing as inciting violence. Right. That's the same thing as being a criminal rioter. I tell you, that is destructive to the very yes. idea of democracy. That says there can be no debate. There can be right. no conversation. If I disagree with you, I'll try to criminalize you. That's, so, what the left, so that's where the left-wing mob is headed. You, you, you're handling that, and that's what's coming at you. You're, you're inciting. You're, you're all of these different things. You're, you're a racist. You're everything. 
So, but most Americans who, who just want to get along, they, they want to raise their kids, they want to take them to soccer practice, they want to come home, they want to have dinner together. And, and so they, they're hesitant. They don't know how to deal with these labels that are thrown on them, that just because they say they like President Trump, they're a racist, they're a white supremacist. So how do, you, how do they deal with that? Well, I think that, it, first of all, we've got to stand firm and be clear and not buy into the media lies. I mean, I've talked to so many people in Missouri, Tony, small business folks who contributed to Republicans or maybe contributed to a church now that say, oh, my gosh, that, that church is, you know, it, it's anti this or that. And therefore, you should be boycotted. You should be put on, on a blacklist. This is that is the real danger here. I mean, when they go after people like Ted Cruz and me, it's not really about us. It's about the people we represent. Right. And it's about ultimately the 75 million Americans who took a different view in this last election, and they now want to they want to crush all of that dissent and squelch that kind of speech. So I just think for for folks out there, the only way that the left wing mob wins is if we bow down to them and we're afraid. We cannot be afraid. This is the time to graciously but firmly stand and say no. This is my view. I'm protected by the First Amendment. I'm going to make it clear, and I'm not going to bow down. Well, Josh Hawley, I want to thank you for not only representing the, uh, the the millions of voters in Missouri, but I want to thank you for representing conservatives across the country and those who value our First Amendment freedom of speech, that you are not going silent. In fact, you're cranking up the volume. I'm all for that. Josh Hawley, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. All right, folks, uh, coming up next... A worship service in Ohio last Friday, marking the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, was interrupted by protesters shouting slogans and making obscene gestures. Who were they? What's going to happen to them? Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League, is here next. Stay tuned. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org slash Bible, and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org slash Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In a recent poll... It was revealed that only 6% of Americans hold a biblical worldview. This research also indicated that Christianity's teachings on abortion, marriage, and homosexuality are not only misunderstood, but seen as dangerous and subversive. In response to this trend, Family Research Council has released a new set of resources in our Biblical Worldview series. In addition to our full publications, which cover the topics of Christian political engagement, abortion, religious liberty, and human sexuality, FRC now offers helpful summaries of each publication in this series, as well as accompanying prayer guides to help you and your family pray through these important issues. And finally, 
Our popular biblical principles for political engagement is now available in Spanish. All of these resources are free and available at frc.org slash worldview. Again, that's frc.org slash worldview. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain, and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. That makes sense. Uh, Lots of resources there for you. Check it out. Also, to stay connected with us, to know what's going on, text the word STAND to 67742. That's 67742, the word STAND. And let me remind you again, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, pray, vote, stand. That's uh, You can tune in at prayvotestand.org. Uh, General Jerry Boykin will be joining me tonight. Also, uh, former Congressman Mark Walker of North Carolina and uh, South Carolina Pastor uh, Mark Burns. All tonight at PrayVoteStand.org, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. On the anniversary of Roe Roe v. Wade last Friday, Bishop Robert Brennan of Columbus, Ohio, celebrated a Respect Life Mass to honor those whose lives were lost at the hands of abortion. Unfortunately, the event was intentionally disrupted. They were uh, pro-abortion protesters interrupted the worship service shouting, two, four, six, eight, this church teaches hate. Uh, other slogans, fun abortions, not cops, uh, was some, one of the slogans on the signs. Abortion on demand in Hyde now, referring to the Hyde Amendment, which bans most federally funded abortions. Uh, at least two protesters, according to news reports, wore red, uh, uh, red war vest, rather, that uh, read clinic escort on the back. Uh, police and church officials escorted the protesters outside. Uh, where some protesters appeared to make obscene gestures at them, according to video from the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, joining me now to uh, to talk about this is Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League. Uh, Bill, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you, and thank you for your service to the country under the Trump administration in defending international religious freedom. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate that, and I uh, I appreciate all that uh, you do at the Catholic League, let me talk about, uh, let me get you to, to, have you, by the way, have you spoken to the bishop there in uh, Columbus? Uh, actually, I have not. Uh, I've just 
I'm just recuperating from COVID, as is 80% of the Catholic League staff. Oh, wow. Uh, I hope, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're on the radio. That would suggest to me you're doing better. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the mend. I'm on the mend. Good, good. Well, I had it last uh, summer, uh, but I'm glad you're doing well. I mean, Bill, are you concerned about this? I mean, look, this is clearly wearing a vest, saying clinic escort, uh, breaking into and disrupting a service, a worship service. I mean, this is criminal. Uh, where's the Biden administration calling for uh, criminal charges to be filed against these individuals? That's right. We have a couple of issues here, don't we? Number one, we have the Nazi-like tactic. That's what the Nazis did in Germany. They busted into the synagogues when Jews were in service. And we've seen this before here in, in the United States. But when you have uh, the media in a virtual blackout, not covering this at all, and then you have the Biden administration saying absolutely nothing about it, that to me is even more disturbing than, than a group of people who are obviously like fascists, uh, in their hatred of anybody who would stand up for the life issues. But when you have the reluctance on the part of the media and the, and the current administration to even address this, that tells me how deep the, 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 the animus is against pro-life people in this country. I mean, you know, you would think this is inside a church, in a Catholic church where they're having a mass on Friday. Um, we're not even safe in our churches where they want to come in and disrupt and bring their messages. I mean, there's clearly a double standard here that is being applied by, as you pointed out, the media. Uh, but the Biden administration, this is not the type of stuff that unity is made of. Well, let's let's take a look over the last year. I mean, how many Catholic churches, schools and graveyards have been vandalized? They've attacked St. Patrick's Cathedral with graffiti, Nazi-like graffiti now, uh, several times over the last year. And what, what has the response have been on the part of the Democrats who run urban America? They've done nothing about this, absolutely nothing. And now we have the people at the pinnacle of power in the White House in Washington. We haven't heard a word from them. Uh, and, of course, if the media aren't going to cover it either, it's either because they, their attitude is we deserve it, or it's just amusing to them. Uh, we were at a very serious stage in this country in terms of the precariousness of religious liberty. Under Trump, I've never seen a president do more for religious liberty. Uh, and right. here we have Biden, uh, a so-called fellow Irish Catholic of mine, whom I don't recognize at all, quite frankly. He bears nothing in common with any Irish Catholics that I know of, and I know millions of them. This is, this is a disgrace what's happening. And uh, now that Biden is ready to come down with even more pro-abortion policies tomorrow, uh, yeah, I mean, give me back Donald Trump. Thank you. Uh, Bill, uh, one, one final question here for you. D do you see a correlation here between the aggressive pro-abortion um, propaganda of Joe Biden, the Democratic Party, wanting to repeal Hyde, go down the list, and this type of um, criminal behavior of people breaking into churches? Is there a connection? Well, the connection is this. There's, these people have been able to act this way with impunity in attacking religious icons, toppling statues, toppling uh, historic uh, statues of, of, uh, of American history. And when there's no pushback, they, they, they see the nexus here. So there is a tie here. It may not be one-to-one, -one, but we have, we have been nurturing a culture of violence for the last year, and, in, and the only time I've ever heard anybody complain about violence was on January the 6th. 
I don't like what happened on January 6th either. Those thugs have to be prosecuted. But I don't want to hear it from these people who just woke up out of bed and discovered that they don't like violence. They nurtured violence for an entire year in 2020. Well said. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Bill Donahue, as always, great to talk with you. Glad you're doing better. Thank you uh, so much. Thank you. Bill Donahue with the Catholic uh, League. By the way, what took place there is a violation of Title 18, Section 248, which is actually the... Uh, a, a law passed back in 1994, the Freedom of Access to Clinics Act, abortion clinics. But I think it was amended by Orrin Hatch to include religious institutions. So it is a federal crime what took place at that Catholic church in Ohio last Friday. The question is, will they be prosecuted? It's incumbent upon the Biden administration to do that. It was a crime. It was violence. All right, coming up next, attorneys general of the United States, of the various states, standing up against executive orders from Joe Biden. We talk with Ken Paxton next. Don't go away. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive, and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org China. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed, so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I'd definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org slash app and download, or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Again, let me remind you tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Pray Vote Stand. This week's edition, you can watch at PrayVoteStand.org. Okay, I told you to keep your eye on the federal courts and the state attorneys general. 
Donald Trump may be out of office, but the 226 federal judges he appointed are still on the bench. Uh, One of those judges responding to a complaint by the Attorney General of Texas has put a temporary halt on President Biden's executive order freezing deportations. You know, see, this is exactly what happened to President uh, Trump. Uh, where there was a lot of lawsuits, frivolous lawsuits in some cases. Uh, this appears to be legitimate, but this is what needs to happen, quite frankly. And I'm grateful that the attorneys general of the states are out there putting up a resistance and defending the Constitution, defending the rights of the states. Joining me to uh, explain what took place here, the attorney general of Texas, Ken Paxton. Ken, welcome back to the program. Hey, Tony. Great to be back. Thanks for having me on. This is clearly a pretty important topic. Yeah, explain it to our listeners. So we actually had an agreement the state of Texas, and I think a few other states had an agreement with the Department of Homeland Security that they would not make any major moves in immigration policy without involving us, without informing us, without participating with us in in those discussions. First day, you saw an executive order says that all deportations are stopped. So we filed a lawsuit in, within three days of his inauguration, arguing, one, that he, they violated their agreement with us. Two, that he, he's violating federal law because he has an obligation as president to enforce existing law, which requires that he follow immigration law. And if somebody's here illegally, he's supposed to deport him. And then third, he's violating the U.S. Constitution because he's not executing the laws as he's required to do under the Constitution. So, I mean, they're not really that complicated of arguments, but they're they're – really important for the functioning of our government. I mean, and, and I would assume that some of these other executive orders are also uh, wide open to legal challenge where you have agreements, contracts in place, and all of a sudden you have somebody come in and say, oh, we're not doing that anymore, and just by executive order canceling it. Well, that, that's exactly right. The problem we have is he's issued more executive orders or edicts, whatever you want to call them, than any other president at the beginning of his administration. And so there's so much to review, so much to look at. I'm hopeful that other states will step up and file lawsuits as well because, um, you know, every state has some resources, so they can they can do some of this as well. So, so Ken Paxton, let me ask you that question. Do you think this, this is a blitz, an intentional blitz, to try to overwhelm uh, the states from being able to fight back against these overreaching executive orders? Yeah, I think it's kind of a timing issue. I think the, the the combination of sort of how the how the Trump presidency ended with that craziness going on, and then right. you know the next throwing all of this at us at one time. I think it's 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 designed to to sort of soften the resistance and and make it more challenging for people to want to fight. So, General Paxton, the, the I think the good, I mean, there's several good aspects to this certainly not the executive orders, but the fact that we have state attorneys general like yourself that are willing to fight these things, but also we have a landscape in the courts where we now have all of these federal judges, not all of them, but I mean a lot of them, that are constitutionalists who who are simply looking at the Constitution and the action, and that goes to our benefit. No, that's absolutely right. We're in a better position, way better position than we were four years ago when or six years ago when I started as Attorney General of Texas, I was filing lawsuits against Obama. I, I filed, I think it was 27 and 27 months. But we were up against uh, courts that were not as focused on the Constitution and, 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 and law, and were, we had a lot more judges that were looking at you know, policy and 
their own interpretation of what they wanted to happen. We've got a much better situation. So I'm encouraging other attorney generals, particularly Republicans, to step up and get in the game. Let's 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 not let this go by uh, without a fight. So how can our listeners help in that effort? Well, I think just encouraging their uh, their attorney generals to, to get in the fight, find ways to, to push back, find ways to file lawsuits to slow this down and then hopefully, you know, stop some of this really bad stuff. Because once we let this precedent stand, if we let the president stand where the president becomes basically a dictator without any any control of Congress, with Congress should be the one passing these laws, then we accept precedent that may be hard to ever undo. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, General Paxton, I want to thank you for uh, leading out there in Texas and, and showing other attorneys generals how to to, uh, to get it done. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks very much for this really important topic. Absolutely. Ken Paxton, attorney general for the state of uh, Texas. And, and I actually talked about this yesterday, how uh, Joe Biden is now on track to have probably by the end of this week, first of next week, more executive orders than what Donald Trump had at the end of his first 100 days. And the media was so critical of Donald Trump, saying he was a tyrant, dictator, uh, can't work with his own party even though they controlled Congress. Well, you got a Democratic-controlled House, Democratic-controlled Senate, and what is Joe Biden doing? Using the executive pen. Uh, this is something I told you about. we got the federal courts that are now... Not not completely full of constitutionalists, but there are sure a whole lot of them. And you have a lot of Republican attorney generals. Uh, you have Republican leaders at the state level willing to fight. There is a way forward here. All right, when we come up, when we come back, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, former HUD secretary, joins us. He was also a member of the 1776 Commission, which uh, was rescinded yesterday by um, President Joe Biden, who had a few comments to make. We'll talk with uh, Dr. Carson on the other side of the break. Don't go away. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, 
Completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. There is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash Hyde. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservative, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. I'm Tony Perkins. This is Washington Watch. Tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, PrayVoteStand.org. You can watch uh, this week's edition of PrayVoteStand. I'll be joined by Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, retired, former congressman and pastor Mark Walker of North Carolina, and South Carolina pastor Mark Burns as we pray for the nation and uh, many of the issues we're dealing with. Again, that's 8 p.m. Eastern Time, PrayVoteStand.org. All right, as we uh, mentioned in the previous segment, uh, President Donald Trump's accomplishments are already outlasting his presidency, you know, when you look at the courts. But, I mean, there's so much more uh, when you look at what he was able to accomplish over the last four years. And it was really the team he surrounded himself with. And and I want to look at that. I want to look at some of the pro-life issues, the religious freedom issues, the economic issues. Uh, But one of the things, I I played this clip already, uh, but I'm going to play it again, President Biden blasting the 1776 commission, which, by the way, I just want to, it's a 45-page report. They took it down off the White House website, but you can, it's at my uh, my website. You can go to TonyPerkins.com. I just want to read to you just a, a couple of sentences from the conclusion. Among the virtues to be cultivated in the American Republic, the founders knew that a free people must have a, no, a knowledge of the principles and practices of liberty and an appreciation of their origins and challenges. An authentic civics education will help rebuild our common bonds, another word for unity, our mutual friendship and our civic devotion. But we cannot love what we do not know. This is why civics education, education relating to the citizen, must begin with knowledge, which, as George Washington reminds us, the surest basis of public happiness. Well, this is what President Biden had to say yesterday about the commission. I'm rescinded the previous administration's harmful ban on diversity and sensitivity training and abolished the offensive counterfactual 1776 commission. Unity and healing must begin with understanding and truth, not ignorance and lies. Joining me now to talk about this, Dr. Ben Carson, former secretary of housing and urban development and also 
a member of the 1776 Commission. Dr. Carson, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's always good to be with you. Um, your, your response to President Biden's comments about the commission's work? Well, it's pretty shocking that uh, he would think it was controversial to teach the history of our country. You know, history gives you your identity, and your identity gives you your beliefs. And if you're going to go back and wipe history out or rewrite history, it's going to be very difficult for you to have strong convictions. And I think that's exactly what some people want because they want to be able to sway people. And, uh, you know, some years ago, one of our leaders said, you know, we're going to bring about a fundamental change of America. They didn't particularly like what America stood for, so they want to change it. And that begins with, uh, you know, altering what people are taught. And then in addition to that, you know, we have a double whammy because not only are they not teaching the history correctly, but they're imposing severe penalties if you dare to talk about something different. You become a racist. You become a white supremacist. You become all kinds of horrible things. And, uh, you know, it's causing people to kind of shudder in place and and not be creative in the way that they think and what they do. And, and that is the farthest from creating an environment that would lead to unity. I mean, you cannot have unity when you have people fearful that they're going to be labeled with something that would cause them to lose their job or lose their standing in society just because they believe differently than you do. Yeah, the, the cancel culture is tantamount to uh, tyranny, basically. And, uh, you know, it is being thrust upon us And some people don't even recognize what's happening here. This is the kind of thing that we saw going on in communist countries in places like Cuba and banana republics. And here it is, full frontal, right here in the United States of America. And uh, people have got to wake up and recognize what's going on because freedom is not free. You have to fight for it every single day. You cannot be the home of the free if you're not also the home of the brave. Good good point. Uh, when you were talking about the, the education aspect, I was, I was thinking back to uh, uh, the novel 1984, and, and in that it says, he who controls the present controls the past, and he who controls the past controls the future. Uh, because yeah. you, as you said, you, you, who you, understanding who you were as a people really will direct who you will become. And uh, we see this moving so rapidly. Are, are you surprised at how rapidly there is this effort to consolidate power and silence opposition by this administration? Yeah, I, I would have never thought that it could happen that quickly. Uh, but they they do kind of recognize that by going so quickly, they could stir up the people and and hence you see all of the military forces in Washington, D.C. Troubling, uh, very troubling. Well, well beyond the inauguration. Yeah. And uh, it, that's, that's a harbinger of things to come, if yeah, the yeah, people it, allow it. 
so let's talk about that, uh, Dr. Carson. You you are one who has uh, faced many um, challenges in in life, um, but you have overcome them. You've been successful, successful neurosurgeon, successful in the political realm, uh, successful in leading the, the HUD to uh, to take on and face challenges. So how does the average American, and I'm going to put a little closer or a little tighter definition because most of our listeners are, are believers, they're followers of Jesus Christ. And, and in what we've seen unfold in the last three weeks, well, I would say probably last three months, but in particular the last three weeks, has left many of them shell-shocked um, and, and wondering the way forward. There is a way forward. Uh, we can overcome this, but what do we need to do? Yes. There is a way for, first of all, we have to remember our roots, you know, the the foundations of this country, the Judeo-Christian values systems that gave us the courage to fight for what we believe in, that caused us to be helpful to our neighbors rather than hurtful to our neighbors. You know, this they have completely changed things in this country. The vast majority of people in our nation are decent people. They will help someone in distress. They will help their neighbor. They don't ask them if they're Republican or Democrat. Uh, right. And and they're they're willing to uh, tolerate differences. But what has happened is the politicians and the media have found that in order to enhance their power and the perception that they are needed. They stir up divisions. So they divide us into every possible category, you know, by race, by income, by age, by religion, by whatever they can find. And then they tell each one of those groups that they are the Savior. And uh, by, by putting this on people constantly, people begin to believe that it's actually true. And they yeah. begin to accept it. And I I think what we have to do is go back to our foundation, the Bible. We go back to our belief systems that all men are created equal, uh, that God is no respecter of persons, that God is fair, that God is love. And we have to begin to reflect that. And we can't act like the other side does. Yes. Because right. if it's a, if it's an eye for an eye, pretty soon everybody's blind, and uh, nobody can see where they're going. And uh, what we're doing now is, is we lurch from left to right and back to left and back to right. There's no forward progress. If anything, we're going backwards. And uh, it's going to require somebody to be the adult in the room to begin to talk about common sense solutions to our problems to be able to to sit down and have a real discussion without degenerating into name calling and uh, some of the bizarre behavior that we're seeing right now. So Dr. Ben Carson, uh, in your role at uh, HUD, you began to, I mean, you were addressing a lot of the societal issues in terms of homelessness and, and the breakdown of the family, the results of that, and you were partnering with, with churches and, and uh, religious community. You opened the door to them, and I think you found them to be good partners. 
what what role can the church play in what you just described about bringing back our our recalibrating and and getting our compass pointing true north again what role can the church play in that the church can play a huge role you know uh, alexis de tocqueville uh came to america uh, the french observationist and uh, did an in-depth study of America because the, the Europeans were so fascinated with how this fledgling nation could be doing so well so quickly. And uh, he's the big two-volume uh, set. But at the end of the second volume, he says one of the things that impressed them the most were the churches. And the preachers in the pulpit who didn't hold back and who gave people the foundation for their bravery and for their perseverance. And that's the kind of role that churches can play today. Churches have to have principles. They cannot have their finger in the air, seeing which way the wind is blowing, and then moving in that direction, which unfortunately, I hate to say it, is a lot of what we're seeing today. Yeah. And well, and, and if, part of that, when when you stand up on those principles, and you did this, I mean, for instance, uh, I, I know uh, several times you were grilled in uh, in committees on Capitol Hill because you took a common sense approach and wouldn't let men into women battered women's shelters, uh, and and that for that you were uh, you were grilled, and so a lot of uh, pastors are afraid to preach the word of God. Uh, as it pertains to issues of human sexuality, for fear of being criticized, um, we've got to overcome that. We've got to stare that in the. F- That's right. We got yeah. to stare that in the face and have a greater fear of God than we do of man. Yeah. Well, look. Look what's happened on, on the very subject of, of transgender men now being allowed to play in women's sports. I mean, how ridiculous is that? But if we don't stand up and present the alternatives and talk about what makes sense, it will just get crazier and crazier. And yeah. we won't even recognize our society before long. So that there's the role that the church can play. Put the stake in the ground. Don't allow yourself to be compromised. Let's talk about the issues of family again. You know, we have a situation where uh, one of the groups, Black Lives Matters, you know, says they are against the nuclear patriot, patriot uh, centered family. And, uh, you know, when you have that going on and you're not opposing it, uh, it runs rampant. And that's what's happening right. in our society. So That's a deconstruction of society, basically a deconstruction of Western civilization uh, is yes, what that is. And what we found at HUD in partnering with the churches to deal with homelessness, for instance, is that the churches are able to actually develop relationships with people. The government doesn't develop relationships with people. And when somebody has a drug addiction or some emotional issues, you know, that relationship can be the lifeline yes, that will really absolutely. bring them back again. So well, it's I a holistic a approach. Yeah. It's a tremendous liaison that can be had between the government and the church if they recognize it and utilize it well, correctly. 
And I'll, I'll reference uh, Luke chapter 18 where Jesus said, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. We cannot lose heart in this environment. We must pray and act as the Lord directs us. Dr. Ben Carson, always great to talk with you, uh, and, and I appreciate your service, and thank you for sticking in there and serving uh, for four years in the Trump administration. Well, believe me, we're going to continue uh, this fight, but, but we're not going to be nasty about it. We're going to do it the right way. Absolutely. Speaking the truth in love, and uh, you're welcome anytime here on Washington Watch. Thank you so much, Tony. Take care. All right. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson, great guy. Just a great guy. Um, and, and he is right. Look, and, and here's when we're standing on truth and we're confident of what we believe. We don't have to be angry. We don't have to be angry about it. I mean, we can certainly get, you know, passionate uh, from time to time. I'll get passionate uh, and, and raise my voice because I believe in these things. But we cannot shrink back in the face of this cancel culture. I refuse to do it. And I guarantee you they're going to come after they're going to come after Washington Watch. I feel pretty certain that eventually they're going to get to Christian radio and they're going to try to silence those on Christian radio who are speaking these things. Um, we're going to if I'm out on if I have to go out on a street corner with a megaphone, that's where I'm going to be. We are not going to go silent. And uh, so I encourage you, don't go silent. Be brave. The only reason we're free, as Dr. Carson said, is because we are brave. And we've had those that have gone before us that have had the courage and the bravery to defend those freedoms. Join us tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, prayvotestand.org. And again, uh, to stay connected, text the word STAND to 67742. That's 67742. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul. Found in Ephesians 6, where he says, Well, you've done everything you can do when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand. By all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.